0: The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com.
1: But well, without further ado, we are we are about to hear the the living word of God preached this morning from my very own Bishop Reeves, and this morning our word comes from Romans 8, verses 18 through 27, and I'm going to read it. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. that the the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait, eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thank you, Ms. It is good to be here this morning, uh, this first Sunday in 2021. And um, I don't know about you, but I look with greater hope in uh, 2021. But I think we've got to ask ourselves why. Uh, So before we go to this um, portion of God's Word, let's pray together. Father, we do um, thank you that you're a God that sits high. And yet you have come low. Uh, You came down to redeem us from the precise and definite struggles within which we all face. You know our hurt. You know our pain. You know our despondency. You know, oh God, our skepticism. You know our anger. You know our wounds. You know our scars. You know it all. And we thank you this morning that you're a God that did not uh, push us away, but you have come near to us. You've come near to the brokenhearted. You are a God for not the strong, but the weak. You are a God not for the, not for the smart, but the ignorant. You are a God not for the righteous, but the sinner. That is the one for whom you came. And so this morning, we pray that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would do deep work in our hearts, O oh God, that you would lift our heads up, not built on a foundation of false hope, but built on the foundation of your hope. Oh God, I pray that your word would pierce, that it would divide, that it would inform, that it would transform, and it would change us. And oh God, you know my need for you this morning. And so I beg you to come in might and power and use me in the midst of my weakness and allow your strength to shore us up and to to move us forward in, in greater love and greater faithfulness and greater faith, greater obedience that we might be lights in this dark world. And that oh God, that you might get the glory that you deserve even now. Lord, we need you come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, indeed, uh, the countdown is done. It was probably a little anticlimactic for all of us, uh, but the countdown is done. The fireworks are over, and uh, the ball has dropped, and 2021 is right here uh, with us. And even though it was a little anticlimactic, um, indeed, I think we, we all have to acknowledge that there is some hope Uh, that there's something about a new start. There's something about a new year. There's something about a fresh start that we all embrace with, even though it's tentative, we embrace with hope. And yet, this morning, the very reason that I I come to this text, pretty much every first Sunday of every year, um, is for this reason. On one hand, Paul tells us that we're foolish to hope, but on the other hand, it tells us we're foolish not to hope. And, and in the midst of that, and in the midst of that unpacking of this text, I think we see the kind of hope that we can possess in 2021 and so far beyond. So let's get to work and let's, let's try to mine this text for the riches that are here. And the first thing that we see is this whole reality that, that though we've had a, a, a sigh of relief 2020 is over, We're gonna, that sigh of relief is going to be met with groaning in 2021. If we can be sure of anything, it is that, that the groaning is not over, that the, that the, the sigh of relief is going to become a sigh of groaning, of even more face-to-face reality of this dark world. I recently um, changed tires on my mountain bike and my mountain bike, I, I put what is called tubeless tires on them. And I tried to pump them up, and they just deflated. And I, I YouTubed and, and Googled myself to death, and I kept trying to pump them up, making alterations, and I just kept deflating. Uh, a couple of weeks went by. I was ordering different things. I was trying different things. I was calling mechanics. I was po- even posted it on Facebook um, trying to get some help, trying to get air in these tires. And finally, I could diagnose the problem, and I got air in the tires. But I thought, you know, that is how we, life feels often in this world. We are trying to fill a world full of air that has holes all in it. And that's what Paul is getting at. In verse 20, he says this, The creation was subjected to futility. The creation itself was subjected to futility. And that's what our lives feel like. Certainly, that's what 2020 felt like, futility. Every step forward was met with two steps back. Every plan was faced with opposition. Every attempt had to have a pivot. That's the word for 2020 is pivot. And we were all pivoting ourselves to death. Why? Because creation was subjected to futility. And in a sense, it's good that we understand this, The whole creation, so says Paul, has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth, not when COVID hit in February or March, no. From the very beginning, creation has been groaning. Since the fall, creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. And even we ourselves, Paul says, groan inwardly as we wait for our adoption as sons. We are a groaning people, and it's so important that we don't pass over this reality. We're going to get to the hope, and there is a ton of it, but we've got to stay here because what I find, especially in modern Christianity, Western Christianity, evangelical Christianity, is this unwillingness to acknowledge the realities of the groaning and the the reality of the need for groaning. We just deny many, (laughs) not all, That there's systematic racism. We just deny that there's a pandemic and we don't have to wear a mask and we just need to open everything up. We just deny that there are issues in our relationships. We deny that at times we struggle with depression. At times we, we, we feel more darkness than light. We just deny, deny, deny thinking, and this is the worst part, thinking that that is what Jesus would have us do thinking that that is Christianity. But friends, to live like that, it's like riding a bike with flat tires and just humming all the way as if nothing's going and nothing's wrong. Because eventually, you can do it for a time, but eventually, you're going to hit a hill. Eventually, you're going to hit a mountain, and you are going to pedal and pedal and pedal and pedal and burn out, and then... Because you think that's what Christianity is, just pedaling harder and faster, you're going to blame God and say Christianity doesn't work. If we don't embrace this reality, if we don't slow down and say that that we as Christians, even those of us who possess the the, the spirit of Christ himself, if we don't slow down, then, then we are going to crash. We're going to be bitter and full of anger. Listen to verse 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Some would say, well, you just don't have enough faith. You, you just got to walk in the Spirit. You just, and Paul is saying, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons. There is a now and there is a not yet and we are a not yet people living in the now. <laughs> we are a people who have reason to groan. In fact, we cannot work toward healing and hope without acknowledging not merely that this world is broken, but that we are broken. If we don't really do work—personal work—trying to understand our own personal brokenness—and friends, that's a life. That's not a one-time reality. That's not a one epiphany. Ah. Oh, here's a habit, or here's, a, here's some brokenness, here's a scar, here's some... Tr- no, I'm 56 years old, and I feel like I'm just getting to the tip of the iceberg of my brokenness. It is a lifelong process that better never end. Why? Because when it ends, what happens? Not humility, but pride. Not true righteousness, but self-righteousness. I can become so convinced Of the brokenness of the world and be so distracted and use it as a tool that I never really look at my own brokenness. I can get more energy out of pointing out your brokenness as my neighbor and how you've hurt me than my own internal brokenness and the the hurt and the pain that I inflict on others. We will groan in 2021. And if we don't, it's not because we are others and this world is not broken, it's because we're living in some fake world and maybe even calling that fake world Christianity. But then secondly, Christian groaning is full of hope. Christian groaning is full of hope. We don't hope. You see, depression, um, depression is the absence of hope. Depression feels like a dark cloud. Depression feels like hopelessness, right? But groaning is different. Groaning is the very essence of hope. Groaning is saying, I am not willing to accept the now because I want the not yet. I am not willing to live in this because my God has done something to deliver me. And one day, someday, this is a, this is a temporary reality, but one day, someday, I'm going to have the true reality, the glorious reality. You see, Hope in this world for anyone but believers in the gospel of Jesus defies rationale to me. I don't understand how we can just somehow hope in hope. It makes no sense. I mean, if you just look at it objectively, what in the world makes us think that we are going to have a better 2021 than we did in 2020? Oh, the vaccine. That's the essence of your hope? That's the foundation of your hope? Well, guess what? We already have a variant that is spreading like wildfire. If that is the essence of your hope, you have no genuine hope. Your hope is flimsy. Oh, but my hope is going to be in my intellect and getting that job and and landing that career and buying that house and getting that car and taking those those vacations. The alteration of one cell has brought the world's economy to its knees. And that is just God being God. The alteration of one cell. (laughs) Friends, there is better hope. There is stronger hope, there is more substantial hope than the hopes of the world and the hopes that we go after. For the creation waits with eager longing, eager expectation for the revealing of the sons of God. Oh, there's a hope coming. I don't know if you're a Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe fan, but I love it when the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve get into Narnia. And and Mr. Uh, uh, the the beaver refers to him as the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve. They are looking for them. They are hoping for them because when the sons of God, when the the children of God are revealed, then everything changes. Then winter ceases and the sun comes out in spring and and, and the trees begin to blossom and the world experiences peace and the wicked, the white witch, melts away and all evil is gone. And oh, what well, that is the world that we long for, and that is the world that Paul says is coming. The creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of what? The glory of Christ? No, the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Oh, man. <laughs> and then we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies the goal of Jesus' second coming is not to heal us from a pandemic but to make us shine as bright as the sun listen to Matthew 13:43 Then in the kingdom of their father The righteous will shine as the sun. And then Daniel 12, 3, as the brightness of the firmament and as the stars forever and ever. You know the hope of the new heaven and the new earth. It is not going to be the the, the remade creation. It's going to be the remade creation that is pointing, that is building up just like creation was, building up to that day when the, the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve shine as brilliantly as God himself because we are reflecting God himself. All of the darkness gone, all of the pain um, healed. And friends, you say, well, why is that so substantial? And how does that inform how I live now? This is how. As I've said in, in several recent sermons, I've been doing a lot of personal work, getting to the root of some deeper things in my heart. And Um, And I've been in counseling for a long time, and I've done counseling, but the COVID, I don't know what it is, the pandemic slowing down, whatever, has allowed me to see some things, and some change in in new information that i found has allowed me to see some things that I haven't seen before, and I praise God for that, but the little changes that are being made in me right now don't even compare, but what they do is they inform how What is it going to be like for Richard Reeves to shine as brilliantly as the sun? Well, I've got to know the essence of the darkness in Richard to understand the glory of the sun coming. You see, as I get deeper and deeper, as I work harder and harder to try to figure out what is wrong with me, (laughs) then and only then can I look forward and say, oh, that's how Jesus is going to touch me that's the light that's going to shine in me. That's the darkness that's going to fade away. That's the, the reptile skin that's going to drop off. That is precisely what God is going to do. And then, and only then, can I live with hope and say, oh, I may have a little help now. I may be making some little changes now, but oh, one day, someday. It won't be effort. It won't be effort. It will be the reality of the redemption of the sons of God. My body will be fully redeemed and all of this will be a distant memory. You see, we have, this is how we are to live. For in this hope, verse 24 through 25, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For, hope, for Who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with patience. Do you understand that? Are are you in touch with the brokenness of your life, with any brokenness in your life? If you are, don't be so defeated by it. Why? Because you're saved by grace, saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Christ. He can't love you any less than He does right now, and that gives you the freedom to do the hard work to admit to the darkness within you, to keep mining, to keep going deeper, to keep seeing it, that that you might experience more freedom in this life, but that you might know what's coming in reality uh, of the new heaven and the new earth. You see, this is what Paul is talking about. We who have the first fruits are to groan inwardly. We are hoping for what we do not yet see. We are hoping for what is coming. And friends, that is how we are to live in this world. Not despondent and in despair because the healing has not come now, but looking forward because we know that it is a promise to come in the future. And what is the essence of this healing? What is the essence of the revealing of the sons of God it, 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 this struck me, I don't know how many times I preached this passage. I literally don't know how many times. I' probably preached this passage more than I preached any passage I've ever preached. And yet, every time something stands out and what stood out to me this time was this whole revealing of the sons of God, this whole reality of, of not the glory of Jesus being the essence of the new heaven and the new earth, but the sons of God shining like the sun. Now, on one hand, that is not profane. Why? Because we will never outshine God. <laughs> we will only shine because he is the light. We will only reflect his glory. and we will, But in reality, we are the pinnacle of the new heaven and the new earth in a real sense. Why? Because we will be restored in relationship and community. The essence of glory is radical community. It's the new community of God with His people. It is us as sons and daughters acting like sons and daughters. See, the reality is that most of the time we act like orphans. We act like we don't have a Heavenly Father. We act like we have no resources in the world. It's much easier to hope in a vaccine than to hope in a glorious God whose arms are open and calls us to himself and says, you can dream bigger and you can live larger and you can be free. You don't have to be uh, um, constrained by the constraints of this world because you have my love. See, this is the reality. The Spirit Himself, verses 16 through 17, this is the transition into verse 18. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit, what? That we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we might also be glorified with Him. What is the essence of the new heaven and the new earth? It's shining in the light of the love of God. Take that in. That's why Paul, Paul is building, um, one of the longest chapters in Romans, Paul is building his case, and and we all know how it ends with these words, no one, nothing, will be able to separate us from what? The love of God that is in Christ Jesus. His love is the essence of your life. His love, is the essence of the future glory. His love is what will bring peace and what we will bask in in heaven. How has the pandemic impacted us? It's impacted us by isolating us. I mean, it's, I'm glad to see people here this morning, but there's, there's an element of, of real letdown. <laughs> Why? Because I know this place used to be packed. I know there were three or 400 people in this place. And see, that is how we live this life. We are longing. There's always something lacking, but oh, we have the love of the Father and we are living for the love of the Father. And that is our hope. And that is our confidence. We are hoping for too little in 2021 when we are hoping for the end of a pandemic. We need to be hoping for more of God, more of Jesus, more of the reality of his revelation to us, more of him and less of us. And you say, how can we live like that? Well, thirdly and finally, we have help in our groaning. Oh, this is my, I love this. I love this reality. Um, A few years back, our youngest daughter, Amy Catherine, uh, I think she was in her junior year of high school. She called me one day um, frantic. And fathers out there, I know we got a a lot of young fathers in here, I don't want to scare you, uh, but those that have older children that are watching that know, um, you know that tone when your child calls you. And uh, she called and she said, Dad, I've had a wreck and I'm on the side of the interstate. Now, what do you think? It wasn't her fault, by the way, and she was fine. Total the car, but um, that's a whole other story. But what do you think my reaction was? Well, honey, were you texting? You're, you're just an idiot. Why are you calling me? Call AAA. No. What was my first reaction? Where are you? Because I'm coming. Where are you? Because I'm already in my car. Where are you? Because I'm driving like a fool coming toward you. That is what a father does, dear friends. And listen, this is what the Spirit of Christ does. The, the, the real essence of the teaching of Romans chapter 8 is his teaching on the Spirit of Christ and the benefits and the realities of what the Spirit accomplishes for us as Christians. And one of the primary things that he does is he, um, um, he, he moves our hearts not to live as orphans but to live in the, in the presence crying out to God. Again, verses fifteen and seventeen. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Oh, I fear to call. Why well, don't I don't deserve to call the Father? If He knows what I'm, you know, He knows my heart. He's not going to listen to me. No, the Spirit breaks through that. You didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Yeah, but the world tells me I'm nothing. Oh. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The God the Father sent the Spirit into the hearts of us as men and women. Why? As His sons and daughters. Why? That we might cry out to Him. That we might have the boldness to say, I am weak, but you are strong. To have the boldness to say, I'm at the end of myself, but I need all, and because of that, I need all of you. To come to God and say, I don't have it together. I may look okay on the outside, but you know my inside. And it's to, it's to cry out to God to find strength in Him. And friends, that's the deepest longing That's the deepest longing of our hearts is to find someone beautiful, worthy, and powerful, someone that can actually help us in our time of need. And that's the work of the Spirit of God. Listen to verses 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us when we are healthy, wealthy, and wise. (laughs) Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now do you see why you have to groan? So you can get the Spirit. Why do you need to to do work in your life? Why is it not a sign of strength but a sign of weakness to be proud and bucked up and not take help and don't listen to the criticism that's coming in your life? Because you'll never get the Spirit and you'll never get God. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. For we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Do you? We don't even know how to pray. We, we don't even know what to pray for as we ought. Oh, but there's one who does. The Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Do you know the work of the Spirit? It's not to come to the the strong person to make him where he doesn't need God. It's to come to the weak person so that he will recognize his need for God and live right there. It's not to take us from our knees to stand on our own two feet. It's to drive us from our own two feet to our knees and keep us there. Because that's where the Spirit meets us. That's where God meets us. In John 14, 16, Jesus um, declares this, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper, a paraclete, we'll get to that in a minute, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. This paraclete, this helper, is, is, it's translated one who hears the cry, When you think of the Spirit from now on, would you please get that image in your head? The Spirit is the one who hears my cry. So how much are you crying? How much are you calling out? You see, that's where the Spirit meets us. He meets us in our weakness. And He meets us with the very love of the Father. Dear friends, I don't know what 2021 is going to hold for us, but I do know who God is going to be in 2021. I do know that we have a God who will meet us no matter how hard it gets, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how weak we get. We have a God who that is the soul through which he does his greatest work, our weakness, not our strength. The only question is Will you give yourself to the Spirit of Christ? Will you give yourself over? Will you stop fighting? Will you stop trying to get God to come down through your goodness and your performance? And will you say, I need you, Spirit. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of living for myself. I need to live out of the reality of the coming kingdom where I will shine because all of the darkness will be cast off. I will shine because I will be reflecting your brilliance forever and ever and ever and ever. And I will live in the warmth of your love and it will be my oxygen. Can that be your present hope today? Dear friends, this is what these verses invite us to. Come to Jesus. In a minute, we're going to celebrate the, 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 the Lord's Supper, and that's what Jesus, it's another invitation. Invitation after invitation after invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. As we come to him this morning, let's prepare our hearts to partake of him. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the hope that we have in you Would you come by the power of your Spirit, and would you do great and mighty things in us, do abundantly beyond what we ask or can even imagine? Oh, God, do your work in us. Lord, we thank you uh, for your goodness, for your mercy and your grace. And Lord, we just pray that you'll bless us through 2021. Meet all of our needs, oh God, but stir up our hearts for so much more than what we need. Oh, God, stir up our hearts for you. Stir up hearts that hunger for your love and have the belief and the faith to know that you give it. Oh God, would you work in us? Make us a people of hope. And We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May we respond to his grace and mercy as we bring our tithes and offerings to him at this time. You can see how to do that on your screen.